Hello and welcome to Equipped. We are a ministry of Trinity Baptist Church in Norman, Oklahoma, designed as another resource to help Christians engage with others and evangelize the world with the good news that Jesus Christ is Lord. My name is Curtis Winkle. I'm here with Ronnie and Ryan, and uh, we're going to continue doing this on video. Uh, this is our, our third, I think, videoed podcast. Um, episode 28 though we've done 28 total of these equipped podcasts so um, if you want to get the audio version you could subscribe in uh, google or apple or spotify or wherever you get your podcasts um, the topic we're, we're addressing today has to do with manhood and so our culture seems kind of confused on on what a man is and what what masculinity means so on one hand, you have you know the transgender conversation and what is identity, and then you have uh, kind of the toxic masculinity and those terms thrown around about uh, manhood and, and sexual abuse and some of those things in our culture. Uh, and then, of course, you have uh, you know kind of Jordan Peterson and some of that camp of the real strong um, manhood, you know, and, and uh, robust masculinity. Uh, so we wanted to talk today about just kind of biblical masculinity, what it looks like. Uh, we're going to try to just address it within the church. Uh, so there's a lot of directions we could go. Um, but uh, it's important, I think, for the church to speak clearly on this issue. So, uh, Ronnie, I want to start with you. Uh, why do you think it's important within the church to have good godly men? Well, I guess first and foremost, you wouldn't want a church full of ungodly men, that's right. <laughs> good point. So, uh, yeah. and you don't want to create a vacuum where there's no godly men, uh, and so there's only ungodly men. Uh, but but the, the primary reason would be is because that's what the Scripture says. So, like if you go to 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2, you know, he told Timothy in 1 and and in First Timothy, but, you know, you're to teach these things and so forth. You're equipping, you're doing all this, and you're to pass this on to godly men so that they may be able to lead. And then you have passages like First Timothy 2, which is the men exercising authority and teaching. So there's a requirement mm -hmm. for the church to be the church and do what God wants it to do. There has to be men and they have to be godly men. Yeah. So godly doesn't mean perfect, uh, doesn't mean they're not growing, doesn't mean they don't have difficulties and problems and weak uh, things. What it means is they are pursuing God with their life, and that would be not only in the church, but in their careers, in their home, with their children, with their wife. And, you know, I think of passages like, which is really an unusual verse uh, in Scripture, and that's first. Peter chapter 3 verse 7 that you know a man is to treat his wife as a joint heir lest his prayers be hindered mm -hmm. well it's just really an interesting verse you right. mean that there's another person who has the power to stop my prayer life or mm -hmm. to hinder my prayer life how mm -hmm. I relate to that person and the answer is yes mm -hmm. so to be a godly man in the church he has to pursue that godliness at home mm -hmm. And he can't be a godly man unless he has an effective prayer life. Mm -hmm. So it just ties to everything. But the church has to have, and if you go through the Bible, there, of course, are very significant women leading and doing different things and so forth, particularly at various times. Mm -hmm. But the overall norm is godly men who are leading, whether it's a, a Moses, whether it's the prophets or pastors or apostles, 
it is the godly men giving the overall leadership. Hmm. Yeah. So if that's the case, Ryan, if that's to, to be a biblical church, all the scriptures on this, we need good godly men pursuing the Lord, pursuing a wife, and, and serving, leading in the church. Uh, why do you think uh, there tends to be a lack? Or do you think there tends to be a, a lack of leadership from men in the church? At least currently. Yeah, I mean, I think there's always, you know, you guys remember when we went through Men's Frat. I remember I was young when we went through that. You know, like, I don't even remember, was it 15 years when we started that? Yeah. Probably something like yeah. that. So I was in my late 20s. And uh, I remember that definition of manhood they gave about the idea of rejecting passivity and not understanding like how common uh, that the idea of the passive man really was until you know as I get older tempted in that in my own life and then seeing it so yeah I think uh, you know I think there is that I just think men have to be really intentional uh, to guard that I mean I think Satan would love to we know he loves to deceive but one of the deceptions is to kind of switch how things are supposed to operate so he would love a church full of passive men that hand off all their responsibilities and mm. and deflect that. And mm. so if we know that's what he desires, then we have to be pretty intentional uh, to avoid that. So I think every church probably struggles with that to some degree. Um, and so it's just constantly on the radar, encouraging men, teaching men, uh, challenging men. Uh, and I think one thing that we can do is like really helpful is not just giving them information to avoid, but giving them opportunities to, to do those things, yeah. to lead well, resources and opportunities to teach and lead. And I love it, you know, when I walk into, you know, my kids are kind of coming out of this age a little bit, but I love it when I walk into to elementary Awanas and stuff and I see Doug Gray and Andy Blackford in there yeah. really leading this children's deal. You know, we have great people, you know, Kathy and others who lead our children so well, but those guys in there leading that Awanas is such an encouragement. Yeah. So yeah. I think just providing those opportunities and not saying that anything is a, uh, is off limits. I had a seminary professor who was one of my favorites and he taught children's Sunday school for years and years and years. And sometimes I think we get caught up in that like babies and children, well that's what the, the ladies do and then but I mean he saw that as important and uh faithfully taught in that. I thought that's awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah, I had a friend who um he was discipling some guys and meeting with some guys and they um had a child during the course of that, their first child. And they continued meeting at his house. And so uh, reflecting on that, he said, I think it was really good for those guys who were young and didn't, you know, to see me changing a diaper and, right. you know, trying to help my wife yeah. and, and just being around a kid. But yeah. it is a really uh, a beautiful thing to see a man, you know, strength used for the good of others and, mm-hmm. and humbling himself to serve in that way. Yeah. Um, so what uh, are some, maybe you talked about kind of passivity. What are some temptations or obstacles that that men have to getting plugged in and really serving in a church we talked about this book a while back and i can't remember the guy's name that wrote it but uh, it's that book why men hate going to church Mm -hmm. and it's a pastor that wrote it i think and you know one of the deals that he hits on is that churches program even and it's kind of towards women at times and so i think that that can be true at times um i think one thing that when i talk with guys that they struggle with a little bit is there's so much intensity at work, you know, and, the, and there's that drive to succeed and all that. And they can't always make the transition about have what what does godly ambition look like or what is ambition in the church or mm-hmm. or seeing like, hey, I work with junior high students on Wednesday nights, seeing that as as intense as this business meeting that they're going to have the next day. Mm-hmm. 
And so I think, you know, we have to really teach that, you know, like that they don't just see churches like, well, we go there on Sunday, but my, the most important thing I do is Monday through Friday, you know, making the deals mm-hmm. and doing those things to see like, no, making the deals ought to flow out of this more, this massively important spiritual battle and walk that you have. And I'm, I think guys struggle with that at different levels. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay, so Ronnie, uh, can you, you know, I think a lot of times men talking with men can start on the negative side, can start with discouraging words. And so um, let's flip that around a little bit. And and can we talk about what a godly man would look like? Or just kind of, can you sketch out a portrait of uh, a man, a layman? Uh, What does his life look like where he's he's serving well? Well, I think it ties in with what, what Ryan's talking about is... You know, men see their role as being a provider. That's right. a biblical thing. Mm-hmm. But but even men that uh, aren't Christian, mm-hmm. just the way we're biologically made and uh, emotionally and everything, we, we can get out and lead and go out and uh, get the game and bring it in. We can stay out for long periods of time and so forth and so on. And so I think that's a part of us, and I think biblically we see that and we take that responsibility serious and we go out and do that. And But the problem comes about when we see that as the totality yeah. of being a godly man. Mm-hmm. And so when you're younger, as you guys are than me, and but even younger than you two, but you have small children and all of that, I don't think you'll find a Christian man that doesn't say his family's most important, his kids are most important, his marriage... But in actuality, where his time allotment and his energy is devoted, it would say that that's not the case many times. It's his job. Mm -hmm. So like he comes to church and he goes passive because it's not as important Mm -hmm. in the spiritual and the emotional and all of that Mm -hmm. going on. But when you get older, if you've done those things and you still worked hard and you valued that, but you did trust what was being – trust – that, yeah, the Word of God's true, my family is most important, I don't want to end up messing that up. And so you really have to make some decisions along the way, but when you get older, like where I am, and you've seen your children grow up, and you now see them with your grandchildren inculcating or teaching them as you taught, and your marriage is better maybe than it's ever been, you really realize that is the success, Hmm. that the spiritual emphasis is the success. And so it's balancing that all along the way of seeing the job as a fulfillment. That is part of being a godly man. Mm -hmm. But it is understanding that your family, your children, and so forth are the most important. Their spiritual well-being. And the tragedy is uh, the suicide rate of men in their 50s is very high. Hmm. And this is global. Mm And one of the reasons is because you, you can start over. If you mess up in your 20s and you get 30 by George and you've messed up, you can start over. And you can do that in your 40s. There's a time when you come in your 50s, it's too late. It's not that you don't do something, but your children are grown, your marriage didn't make it, and it's really hard to go back and fix all of yeah. that. And that's where men say, I don't have a shot to get it right. So. Yeah. I would say the godliness is the pursuit of it in all of these areas and continually balancing yourself. But most of all, you want to have spent time with your children, teach them, develop the relationship. And I've spoken on this many times with your wife. You have to get away from the kids. You just have to. What drew you together were not your children. They came much later. Which kind of explains Mm -hmm. even some of that stuff in their 50s, right? Kids are gone. They're gone. And Mm -hmm. they're 
and you're strangers. That's right. You don't have anything. All you had, you went from being attracted and enjoying one another to enjoying this, and now that's gone and you're back together. Mm -hmm. So it's really being strategic and taking these things serious. And we do get out of balance along the way. Uh, Everybody does. That's okay. As long as you know the moorings and you go back to them and say, you know, wait a minute, we're a little bit out of whack the last six months and we need to get this straight. It's those that don't ever do that is the problem. So you you touched on a couple things I'd like to drill down on. So one, um, let's say there is a man who you described, you know, he's in his 50s and he's just he knows he didn't invest properly Mm -hmm. in his family. Um, He's just feeling, you know, bummed Mm -hmm. and down and like he didn't serve the Lord well in his 20s and 30s. Uh, what, what would you guys say to that man to encourage him to, to press forward and lean in? Well, the first thing I would say, and we, we have men like this. Mm-hmm. They admit it. They know they messed up. And they use that to talk to young men. Mm. It means something when you're hearing from a guy who says, look, I did all that. I yeah. messed up. I don't have that. I regret it. I wish I could go back. I can't. Yep. Rather than trying to gloss over it. And act like there's nothing wrong. You're not missing anything. It's kind of like a movie star. You know, they've had blockbuster movies and everything. But when you find out about their family, it's a total disaster. I mean, they've been married multiple times. So I think they can. you can use your failures yeah. for the kingdom of God and to help other people if you'll be honest. Mm-hmm. That's one of the first things they can do. And we have men, and I've seen men do that all along yeah, the way. And too. it's very valuable. Yep. Very valuable. Because I might say... You know, if you do this, you're going to get these blessings. But he can say, if you don't do them, here's what comes yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the idea of, of leading out of our brokenness right. and yeah, the Lord right. using those places right. that we've failed. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, so the other thing was was you've done a lot of teaching on this idea of vocation, this doctrine of callings in different areas, not just to provide. Uh, yeah. He loved your hunting reference, by the way. Uh, but uh, also providing leadership in the home and in the church and as a citizen. Will you sketch out just a couple minutes of that? Yeah, I was, several years ago on my sabbatical, I was reading, somehow I, I found it just reading through some stuff that Luther did on the, the Reformation recovery of the doctrine of vocation. And I was like, this is awesome because, you know, laying out from Genesis 1, you know, the to know God, to, to be married, to have a family, to be in society, all these things that God lays. Because we usually, we use that word almost singular mm-hmm. right your vocation is your career right and uh but god's really given us several of these callings and they should really be all pursued intentionally um and i think that's a guy i think that's one thing that guys struggle with sometimes is that i have to provide and that's so tangible and, and no one and we say these things and it sounds like we're minimizing that's not a minimizing you got to provide for your family yeah. but it, it's exactly what ronnie said if you if you pursue that to the degree that you aren't the husband that God would call you to be or the father or you just you're we've seen this too guys who were really good they loved their family and they worked really hard but if you asked them to do something at church they never had time Mm -hmm. you know they never you know there was no they were good dads but there was never like a model of ministry or evangelism or or serving and that kind of deal well to me that's that's a that's a pretty big area that you missed you know and uh so when you can see that God's called us to all these areas, and so I use that sometimes when I'm talking with guys about, because what, what our biggest excuse that we hear all the time is like, I just don't have time. I can't yep. commit to that. Yep. Well, that's not, if we're too busy to do the things that God has called us to do, we, we may be too busy in one of those areas. Mm. And and there are seasons. I get yeah, that. You know, there's seasons. Right? I mean, you're coaching 
yeah. tons of baseball right now and all that stuff because that's the season your boys are in. You're in the future, your seasons, life time will open up. But so we have to take that into account. But we ought to be pursuing all of those. And, and again, it goes back to you know two words that have come up a lot. And we're reading that book, Man Up. But the idea of hunger or in, or passion, and then just being intentional. Yeah. Uh, which kind of it's just the other side of the coin of rejecting passivity. You know what? What does it look like to reject passivity? You're hungry and yeah. intentional about these things, and so I think yeah. those are are huge things. And, and let me say, uh, so when I became a Christian, I worked on the railroad and was a brakeman. So you know we worked long hours, fourteen hour days, and sometimes seven days a week. So I couldn't get to church. But it, so there, we do have men who right. have to miss church because of the work and stuff. But the way you you take that to me and deal with it is so I was a brakeman I had they do everything by seniority what trains you can jobs you can hold on a train and what directions it goes so some are seven days a week and so forth but what I would do is I would bid on trains that would be off on Sunday even though the work hours during the week were horrible compared to some other jobs Mm -hmm. so priority was to be at home with my family to go to church on Sunday Mm -hmm. And then the second thing is that uh, once you are sensing and trying to figure out your spiritual gifts, you use them in the church. Some men see the fulfillment as they're being, like Ryan said, a good dad, they're working. But I I saw I was to be godly on the railroad, but that didn't exhaust being godly. That was in the church using my gifts. So I started very... Uh, soon, I went to the pastor and I said, "Okay, I'm studying all the time. What do I what do I do with this knowledge?" Mm-hmm. He said, "Well, you need to be teaching." So I started teaching a class with one youth, <laughs> and I taught that one guy for a year. Yeah, just he and I. Yeah, but that's that's what I did. Yeah, and then when I was in business, it was the same thing. And I worked a lot, put in a lot of hours. But on Sunday and Wednesday night, we were at church and not just going, but we were serving. We were both doing something in the mm-hmm. church. So it, it gets back to a matter of desire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 we can help them. We can teach them. Yeah. We can give avenues. But that desire has to come from within. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think it's really important for them to have space and to figure out just yeah. wherever it is, yeah. right? Plug in somewhere and, and do something. What, what would you say, Ryan, um, maybe to someone who's looking to to develop in this area or they recognize, okay, I need to do better and invest more of my time and, and resources into spiritual life with the church, building up the church. What would you say? How can they develop in this area? I think Ronnie hit on one a while ago that was really good. I mean, there's such a blessing to having older men in the same church with you. And so I think that's one way. I mean, look, I mean, it's not hard in this church to look around and see guys who are doing it well. Yeah. So go talk to them. Yeah. I mean, if I work in a certain field and I want to do this, I'm going to go talk to a guy in that field and say, how did you juggle your schedule yeah. with wanting to be faithful at church or coach your kids baseball all at the same time? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we have that. And that's, I mean, yeah. Im- immeasurably beneficial spiritually. Um, but then again, they can come and talk to us too about ways that they can plug in. I mean, I, I, I think people just don't realize, and some of this is just the nature of how church is done in the 21st century, but... I mean, there's way more ministry and way more work than the four full-time guys could ever do in this church. So if the assumption is they see us on Sunday doing what we do on Sunday and think, oh, good, everything's covered, that's a really bad assumption. If they're here, I think God's worked it with their giftedness. There's something for them to do 
And so they just need to check in with us. And, and there's so much opportunity. I've seen this again and again of people coming to you with, with ideas. Now, a lot of times they want you to do it, yeah. but you guys will say, hey, I'll, I'm here. I'll, if you got an idea, let's develop it. Let's talk about it. And I want to yeah. I want to launch you out to yeah. go lead it. Um, tons of opportunity for that. And to know they have the freedom to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if some of the things that they may be called to do, we may not have a spot for them. Mm-hmm. We may have to create it. And, yeah. and we've yeah. done that plenty of times. We'd love to do that. Yeah. You, you know, in uh, over 21 years of being here, I, I, I don't recall a time anybody came with an idea of ministry that we declined. Hmm. Now, I'm not saying there couldn't be one because it wasn't biblical. But, mm-hmm. but the whole idea of coming and saying... You know, they want to do something. Well, we just have this. We just uh, proved something in the elders this, this past week. Yeah. Uh, but Or this week, actually. But So they come with something, and we just get an elder to help them, and then we start off and we find out what we can do. I can't ever remember declining one. Mm-hmm. We're always encouraging that. Yeah. And sometimes somebody's sitting there and saying, yeah, I'd like to do this, but we don't have anything like that. Okay, well, you come to us and tell us, and you can yeah. start that, yeah. and we'll get behind you. Come ready to work. Yeah, come ready That's to right. invest the time. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if Ronnie's really telling the truth. On that. I mean, I've given him <laughs> a lot of ideas. I've given him hundreds yeah. of ideas for yeah. him to do, and I. He's I got mean, a special place yeah. for those. I think. Yeah. Some, yeah. Some of them. I mean. Yeah. yeah. So I don't. Know. Yeah, as I said, people coming and wanting to do the work. <laughs> right. Is right. Quite different than the right. suggestion man. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all those anonymous hey, take, notes. It, take, it takes all kinds. Yeah. Um, so would you talk just a minute? So there's this uh, concept that I think is, is cliche by now, but it's true that, that women tend to bond face-to-face and men shoulder-to-shoulder. Um, and you kind of set out, I think, intentionally to do this when you got into to hunting and yeah. doing some of those things. Can you talk uh, a little bit about that, maybe just as a model for, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to minister some, to some other guys. Yeah. How could I go about Well, it was that? kind of a neat deal. Like, I'd read this article in the Boston Globe, that, that so it's totally secular. It has nothing to do with Christianity or anything. Just talking about, like, this epidemic almost of loneliness mm-hmm. among men, especially as they get older, just in, almost in isolation. And, um, and so I, I hadn't really experienced that or seen it, but uh, I did. I started uh, just getting interested in hunting, and this one guy invited me to go with him. And he's an awesome guy, but if he showed up on a Sunday morning and he's in your small group, probably just not going to participate or talk a whole lot, Mm -hmm. you know? We got in a deer stand, and I'm really wanting to hunt. And, man, we started talking about marriage. We started talking about kids and problems, and it was unreal. I was like, I'm sitting there thinking, who is this? You know, I mean, this is the most I've ever heard him share. And then there's another friend of mine same way just really handy like he can fix yeah. real mechanically inclined can fix anything on a sunday morning just very quiet yeah working on something fixing something at my house i mean i mean i'm thinking you're messing with electricity you ought to be concentrating <laughs> a lot right. more on that rather than talking to me right. but just would would do all these things and mm-hmm. so i think guys do but i think one of the problems that we see with men's ministry is it does get pigeonholed mm-hmm. so it's like hey we're gonna have a men's ministry let's get a let's have a wild game dinner well, that's great for the guys who love that, but you might have some guys over here that love computers, and they're like, I don't want to eat a wild game dinner ever. Yeah. You know, or it's like, well, we're going to go to the ball game together. Right. So I, I think uh, I think one of the important things is to find some guys, you know, we used to call these, what, common cause, yeah. you know, things like that. Find some guys that, that yeah, you can share some things, yeah, some similar interests or, or hobbies or whatever, because I do think guys are much more likely to talk yeah. to open up around an activity regardless whether that's a that's book true. club or a computer or 
riding motorcycle, whatever, yeah. than they are maybe, whereas our wives might love to sit around and, you know, go grab a sandwich at Panera yeah. and spend three hours in an afternoon there. Yeah. You know, guys just, some guys can do that and they love it. Yeah. But I think a lot more guys function well doing something. Yeah, I think that's important what you touched on about just different interests. There's different, and that's okay. And that's, that's right. fine. And it's not and, just. And it's, it's not a, you know, it's not like those guys who don't enjoy certain things don't ever need to be diminished. Like, that's right. It's less manhood if, uh, if I like reading books with these guys rather than yeah. going on the camping trip, you know, or right. something like that. That's not the, mm-hmm. that's been my problem with like some of the, uh, what's the guy's, John Eldridge, Eldridge material. It's like, man, if you don't camp and climb mountains, you're not really a, well, that's, that's not a biblical Right. Uh, right. Portrait of a man. I had a know? guy uh, years ago tell me, I was like, so how do I get started, you know, just discipling guys? And he's like, well, what do you, what do you like to do? I said, oh, I don't know, I like to read, I like to play golf. There you go. Take a couple guys with you, go play golf. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And live life and have conversations and, and go from there. So, yeah. yeah, it's an undeniable truth that women gather around each other and men gather around something. Yeah. So, you know, we, we just don't gather like they do because they're just uh, much more relational mm-hmm. and communicative. And they resolve issues and they talk about issues a lot more than we do just that. They don't have to have anything. Mm-hmm. So they can stay on the phone longer because this is a part of who they are. But we, if we say, you know, we're going hunting or we're going to discuss this book or whatever it, the, the thing is, then some go, yeah, I'd I'd like to do that. Yeah. And then there is the area where you're going to start talking. Yeah. Yeah. And and by the way, other things have come out. So I've been oh, doing yeah. the roundtable for 20 years. This is the 20th year. And constantly you get through the roundtable and somebody hangs around and says, I want to talk to you. Yeah. It, it's as common as it can be for mm-hmm. me. And so when we stay at my home at 10 o'clock, sometimes I'm up midnight talking you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But but they probably wouldn't have shown up at 10 o'clock at night to right. talk to me about that. <laughs> right. But since we're there doing this, right. it's quite natural yeah. for right. them to talk to me. It's like we had a guy bring up the other day, and he was like, you know, that Trinity Women Facebook page really helps connect those ladies. Maybe we ought to have a guy one. And I was like, <laughs> it's like man, I, I just don't think so. I mean, it's I think it's something like one time we looked, and it's like 8 or 10 to 1 as far as like the number of women who are on Facebook compared to men who are on Facebook yeah. in our church. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. so it's just a, it's a totally different dynamic, yeah. you know, and that kind of deal. Yeah. yeah. So, well, as we kind of close our time out here, I think it's been a really good discussion. Um, how about if, if there's any opportunities that top of your head that if a guy wants to get plugged in or try something out that you would point him towards right now, of course, it depends on personality mm-hmm. and gifts and, and that kind of thing. But I'm always looking for youth leaders. So I'll throw that yeah. out there. If you want to yeah. lead a sixth grade Bible study or small group, come see me. Yeah, I think that's a huge thing is that guys don't limit like what they can or shouldn't do. Mm. And they, I mean, you want to serve? The question isn't what am I good at first, it's where is there a need? And so sometimes it might just be helping your wife in extended Mm. session and being willing to do that, modeling that for your kids. Um, So that's a huge one. Just come find a place, talk to us, and we'll tell you different things. You know, we have a guy in our church getting ready to launch a, uh, like an evangelism yeah. ministry, man. We need guys to do that. I remember mm-hmm. several years ago, I was working with a crisis pregnancy center, and the lady who ran it said, "You know, if we could get more men involved mm-hmm. with this, it would totally change this mm-hmm. ministry." Mm-hmm. And it never that stuck with me. It's like yeah. when you think about just seeing the nature of men, the rescue and the protecting. What? How does pro life yeah. not fit into that? Right. You know. Right. So I, I just it's hard to even answer that because I think that the 
the le- there's just so many opportunities. Yeah. They're endless, really. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the question, you know, if they if they say, well, I'm trying to figure out my gift, mm-hmm. that's, that's the wrong approach. Yeah. The approach is, I want to serve, so where can I serve? It, and it really doesn't matter where that is because serving is a part of the process yeah. of learning what you can help in that's right. and what your passion. So I was a, I've, I've been, you know, desirous to teach uh, since shortly after I was saved. But when Gene and I, when I was in school and we were a part of a church, there wasn't a teaching position for uh, youth, college, or adult open. She taught children. So I worked with her, and I, w- I wasn't a teacher because I don't do well at that, but she did, and I cut out the dolls and, and managed the crayons and things like that, and the children really liked me which they wouldn't if I were the teacher. (laughs) So they liked her teaching, but I was able to help and serve every week. You know, I didn't see that for the rest of my life, but the point was just serving where I was needed. Yeah, yeah. So now we know, I mean, you just said you you always need youth workers. We got a lot on tape We know he worked with a youth for a whole year. That's right. Albeit one of them. It was one, (laughs) yeah. It was one, but it didn't Uh, really grow and thrive. And now Kathy knows that he can cut and and the children love him. Crap time with, with Ronnie. Crayons and yeah. Stuff. yeah, yeah. Crap time with Ronnie. I yeah. think that's a good. <laughs> I like that. Um, how about uh, resources? So we've mentioned a handful of articles and books and things. Anything you would for sure point a guy towards? Well, the first thing is, you know, we, even what we call this podcast, just equipped. It's such a part of our church DNA. So I think a guy just needs to jump in and come to a group, come to a small group, come to a campus group, go to a class. God's going to honor that if he really wants yeah. to be equipped. But specifically, that book, and I can't remember the author's name. Man Up is the name of the. It's the title. It's the best book that I've read on just manhood, biblical manhood. And so it's one that I would recommend and give to guys. Excellent. Yeah. 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 Vocation. uh, Keller's got a great book on vocation. Yeah. Every Good Work. Gene Veith. Gene Veith, this phenomenal. uh, Yeah. God at Work, I think it's his. Yeah. 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 But think about uh, the ministry that we have to the school across the street. Yeah. It's kind of varied in what's there. And we have some men and women involved. Somebody can get involved in that. Mm-hmm. If if they haven't ever done anything, and they, you know, they, uh, Ryan does the academy, yeah. and at least you're getting to know some other people in the church who are not necessarily your age. Right. Mm-hmm. They may be male, female, different backgrounds, and same thing in the round table. Same thing if you've got involved in the school ministry or you just helped, and yeah. whether it's in college or youth. Yeah. I mean, if somebody says, you know. I'd like to help. Okay, well, we can work something That's out right. on that. That's right. And, you know, a bunch of our small groups even have, like, smaller groups yeah. where men get together regularly, yeah. which I think is yeah. is a key place and where they can really kind of plug in a little bit. Uh, so. yeah. Okay. 